Iowa everywhere. John Miller here. Sunday morning, blue skies, Iowa victories. Just the way that the good Lord intended it. Iowa beating Rutgers on the back of two defensive touchdowns because why not? The offense able to score 13 points of its own. So the defense once again outscoring the offense. But again, all these things are relative while discussing the Iowa offense. However, more signs of potential competence. If that's not a ringing endorsement, I don't know what is, but I would say more signs of potential competence. And Spencer Petrus, I thought for a second game in a row, looked potentially competent. I thought that many of his throws last night were crisp. They were on the mark. There were some attempts at stretching the field. There were some long completions. It wasn't a clean sheet for Spencer, but, you know, most quarterbacks don't have clean sheets. But we're not looking for a clean sheet. We're just looking for competence. We're looking for execution of Iowa's base principles. And for a second game in a row, and against a tougher opponent that Nevada was, Spencer Petrus, I thought, looked okay. And frankly, looking okay is maybe all that this team needs relative to a ceiling, or maybe that's all we could realistically expect without just, you know, hoping for something that is unattainable. And the offensive line play was a big reason for that. For the second game in a row, the offensive line held its own. Uh, I would say that was competence. That wasn't, you know, signs of competence or potential competence. But that was competence last night in the running game, in pass protection. I thought the pass protection was very good. And some of you might say, well, John, he had a lot of sacks or several times he was under pressure. Again, you, it would be beneficial for you. I want to tell you what you should do, but maybe a suggestion is try to alter your expectations when you're viewing Iowa's offense. Well, many of you have. But what I mean by that is Iowa faces fronts, defensive fronts, and defensive schemes that maybe most quarterbacks that can actually hurt you with their legs and most offenses that are not just aspiring to be competent, that are more than competent, that's that Iowa faces different fronts than other teams are going to face because of their incompetence, if you will. They're consistent incompetence on offense. So opponents are not punished for their aggression. Opponents are not punished for blitzing aggressively early and often in games against Iowa the way that they are against other teams. So those types of looks don't necessarily show up for other teams. But Iowa is a blitz magnet. Iowa invites its own trouble, as we've talked about for a long time. Unfortunately, that's just part of the deal. Considering that, considering the extra um, extra challenges, the additional bodies in the box, the high volume of blitzers that Iowa sees, I think last night was you know uh, a couple of steps forward again relative to Iowa. Listen, they had two hundred and seventy some yards of total offense. 
it's not like they were going to be on ESPN's top 10 for offensive output. If, if ESPN even still does things like that. But still, they were able to move the ball. They averaged roughly, you know, four and a half to five yards a play on first down, which is such a key and crucial statistic for Iowa. Now, that's an important statistic for most teams. Most teams would like to gain four to five yards. Excuse me. Got a little uh, early fall frog in my throat. Most teams would love to gain that at a minimum on first down, but it doesn't always happen. Even offenses that are much better than Iowa don't play games where they average five yards per play on first down. I believe Iowa had 26 first down plays in this game. And that is a phenomenal statistic for Iowa, only because Iowa, unlike most of its college football brethren, when Iowa gets off schedule on first down, you may as well holler on the sideline, punt team, be ready. I mean, many of you played high school football. And I don't know how things were at your high school, but sometimes, you know, when it was third and long, somebody on the coaching staff would yell, punt team, be ready. And for Iowa, you can shout out, punt team, get ready, whenever Iowa is off schedule on first down. Penalty on first down, punt team, be ready. Uh, lose two yards on first down, punt team, be ready. Incomplete pass, first down, punt team, be ready. No gain, punt team, be ready. That's just how it is for Iowa. Unfortunately, that's just the way that they're constructed, and it has been for a good long time. When Iowa gets off schedule early, bad things happen. But when you're gaining five yards per play on the average on first downs, you are on schedule. You are ahead of the sticks. And... Again, it's important for most all college football teams. It's very important for Iowa. So Petrus had a solid evening and a solid outing. And again, I understand some of you are going to Bristol. You're going to look at his stat line. You're going to compare his stat line with other quarterbacks in college football. And you're going to say, John, how can you be so uh, glowing in your praise of Spencer Petrus? We are grading on a curve with the Iowa offense. I admit that up front, again, relative. It's relative to what we can hope to expect with what Iowa has in their archaic offensive scheme and approach to offense. Okay? So that caveat out of the way. I thought that – I think there's a clear pecking order in the uh, in the running back room right now. And LaShawn Williams and Caleb Johnson are 1 and 1A one – you can debate about which one is one and which one is one A. Those aren't. That's not a hill for me to die on. Uh, I still am a bit taken aback at Johnson's running style, um, his vertical running style, his upright running style. It is a little bit uh, funky to me, just because you don't see it a lot. But there are some names from the past, vertical upright runners that just glided because to me when I see Johnson upright it almost looks like he isn't giving max effort which I know that he is it's just a different aesthetic that you just don't often see but clearly he's giving max effort and clearly he's productive he's got the best average yards per carry on the team and repeatedly against Rutgers last night as I record this on Sunday morning 
He picked up yards. He found yards. He hit the hole. He is north-south. I think that, uh, you know, as we saw in the game against Kentucky in the bowl game, and as we've seen this year with Johnson, a north-south approach and hitting it and hitting it hard is very important, especially, as previously mentioned, when Iowa faces so much activity in the tackle box. That north-south approach is very important. And LaShawn Williams has it. Caleb Johnson has it. Gavin Williams seems to be behind those two. Let's just leave it at that for right now. And maybe it's injury time. Who knows what it is. But Gavin, Gavin Williams doesn't hit the holes in the same way that LaShawn Williams and Caleb Johnson have been. Now, that may, that may change. That may be able to change. But thus far, if you're making me rank it, I would probably lead with LaShawn Williams, and then Caleb Johnson would be my number two, and I would have them alternating series. You know, though, that would be my rotation right now, and, and bring Gavin Williams in, I guess, occasionally. But to me, those two have separated. Those two have separated from Gavin Williams. Wasn't a big night for uh, wide receivers last night. That has often been the case with the Iowa offense. Of course, Keegan Johnson did not make the uh, trip. He was injured. So Iowa once again depleted. Nico was out there. Arland Bruce was out there. Just not a lot of wide receiver targets. Sam Laporta was targeted uh, often. Luke Lachey uh, had some nice catches. He was targeted uh, often as well. But it was really the story of the night to me, the offensive line, uh, just the, the way that they handled their business. They took care of business. They did well in run sets. They did well in pass pro. And that was a big, big step forward for the offensive line and much needed because Spencer is going to have the opportunity to play much better if that offensive line can play like that. And that's two games in a row. Again, we're not exactly saying that that took place against Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan is on deck for Iowa. going to be a much stiffer test. But um, we were looking for signs of hope. And I think we had signs of hope last night for the offense against a defense from Rutgers. While they hadn't really played a murderer's row schedule, not even close, they were one of the best run defenses in the country statistically. I think they were allowing less than 40 yards rushing per game coming into this contest. And, and Iowa went out and really had its way and did what it wanted when it wanted. For the first time this season, Iowa's offense was somewhat able to dictate terms to the defense they were facing. And I, again, I, I realize that this may all sound a bit off when you consider that Iowa didn't even gain 300 yards of rushing. And it's almost kind of like in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king stuff here. We're praising an offense just for being, I mean, statistically far less than average, but still an offense that is showing signs of improvement. So it, that, that is what it is. You don't have to be happy with it. You don't have to like that I'm giving this offense praise when they didn't even crack 300 yards of total offense, and they're still 131st in total offense in the country. They're still like six or seven yards behind one of the New Mexicos in uh, total offensive yards per game. And it doesn't seem like 
that they're going to even match last year's 303.7 or whatever it was yards per game, which was pretty much one of the worst offensive outputs by an Iowa offense of my lifetime, especially when you compare it to the way the game of football was played now to the way that it was played in the 70s and 80s. But, hey, it is what it is. Defense. I mean, just when you think you can't come up with any more superlatives um, for the defense, they just they just keep impressing you. Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene is like that kid in high school, and I tweeted this during the game. You know, many of us, many of you listening to this are from small-town Iowa schools, small-town Iowa. And typically there was, you know, maybe one, a couple of kids – in your school that were just better than everybody at everything in sports. They were the natural. They were the statistical outlier amidst a sea of average relative to athletic ability. But you had these one kids that were just bigger, stronger, faster, better athletes. And it stood out. And you know it because they dominated everything they did. That was Cooper DeGene. Um, you know, in my school growing up, it was Marv Cook, uh, who went on to play tight end for Iowa and was an all-pro tight end with the New England Patriots. That is Cooper DeGene. He is simply better than everyone at everything. If you've seen any of his high school basketball highlight reels, it's like freaking uh, Team Wolf when Marty McFly, can't remember his name right now, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, turns into the wolf and goes crazy on the basketball court, if you ever remember watching that movie. That's Cooper DeGene. He's better than anyone and everyone at everything he does. And that kid is going to be around this year and next year, barring injuries, and then he gone. He is going to leave early for the NFL. He is putting out tape right now as his true second year on campus that is uh, that's going to play at the next level position diverse uh, very much diversified could he play corner in the NFL probably not could he play slot corner maybe could he play safety absolutely could he contribute on special teams absolutely he could probably do that next year in the NFL he's just a phenomenal athlete and it's so much fun watching him because every one of these games so far, he does something in these games that makes you stand up and say, wow, I've not seen that level of excellence from someone so young. It's been a while. And that's Cooper Eugene. Uh, the guy literally is doing everything out there. I mean, no say he's not playing offense, but he is returning interceptions over the shoulder, Willie May style catches for touchdowns. So he has contributed in that way. Uh, Merriweather with a uh, scoop and score. That was really all that was needed with those two defensive touchdowns in this night. More is going to be needed next week for Michigan. But I thought the defense really acquitted themselves uh, well on this evening once again. So all in all, uh, nice victory. It, it, you know, the, uh, it, the game didn't live up to the hype, however. The punting just didn't live up to the standard that we were looking for. So, you know, I guess we'll have to live with that. Iowa has a place kicker, Stevens. Stevens had a 50-plus yarder that uh, hit halfway up the crossbar and went in. 
and that's <laughs> a, a, a good doink. And uh, yeah, clearly seems like he's uh, he's the guy right now. So progress, and Michigan comes to town. And this is an offense that can do a lot of things. And Iowa's offense is probably going to need to put up uh, at least 20 points, at least 17 points of their own. And it would be helpful if the defense could chip in with a touchdown or two, but you can't really plan for that. But, hey, another game, another step forward, progress for the offense. We're grading on a curve. I realize that. But uh, inching ever so closely and closer to competence. Iowa everywhere.